either structured. I'm a little bit breaking the frame, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Welcome to the Scrum Facilitators Community Podcast, the place for real conversations around Scrum. Hello and welcome to the Scrum Facilitators Community Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Kranendonk, and with me today is Maaike Klaassen. And I'm very excited to talk to Maaike for a few reasons. Uh, one is because she knows a lot about uh, professional coaching, which is a very interesting topic to, uh, to discuss in relation to Scrum, of course. Um, and also because we've tried to set this up numerous times. And finally, even though my daughter is ill at the moment, we've we managed to make it work. Um, so I'm very happy that you're here, Maaike. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, uh, my pleasure. And um, I look also forward to more co collaborations in the future uh, with uh, other Scrum facilitators and myself, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah. So first to start yeah. up, um, this is uh, something uh, that we do uh, every podcast, is to ask you how uh, your friends would describe you in two sentences by way of introduction. Yeah, in two sentences. Well, uh, I guess they would say that... Um, I'm someone that is warm and I'm also uh, uh, focused on the people around me. Uh -huh. That's what I hear. And I, uh, uh, yeah, I care for their well-being. On the other hand, I'm also structured um, and I'm a little bit um, uh, goal-oriented. So mm -hmm. on one hand, I'm um, like they say, I'm an idealist. So that's the goal orient orientation. And on the other hand, I'm holistic and I'm warm and I'm people oriented. So there's a there's two sides of the scale, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So And, and are they mostly balanced or can, are you known to be like, whoop, whoop? <laughs> no, I think, I think they are balanced. But I think for people who get to know me at first in a new environment, they're a bit uh, confused. Because yeah. it's it's two different characteristics that is often not uh, described in 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 personality frames. So uh, you're yeah, either so you're structured. The <laughs> I'm a little bit breaking the frame, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's not common to see these traits together, but it shows that um, uh, all these uh, frameworks and structures that we like to, boxes we like to put people in are of course yeah. just boxes and they are not the truth, right? So um, that's a yeah. bit about you personally. Nice. Um, yeah. And uh, we also, of course, are very curious what you do for a living. Uh, uh, I already said you're a professional coach. You're also a scrum master, I think. So um, what is your job? Would you say in your own words? And what do you love most about about it? It's also interesting. Yes, I am a, a scrum master at the moment. I do that for about six, seven years now. Um, I'm from origin. I'm a, a, a educational psychologist and a play therapist. So I worked with children, um, um, and. The funny thing is, is that people laugh about it now because when I say that, they say, yeah, well, uh, people in the teams that I work with now, we are also a bit of children. <laughs> so they understand the match of being a scrum master working on a team. But then I say, well, well, it's not that you are children, you are adults. Um, and it is a different uh, way of approaching. 
perspective. Like uh, I don't approach a team as a child. Sometimes you hear that. Like I'm I'm the mother of the team, mm-hmm. but I don't see myself like that. I, I'm not the mother of the team. Um, I really want to um, connect with people and make them a better version of themselves, but mm-hmm. from an adult perspective. Uh, but on the other hand, what I've learned and how I've been trained as an educational psychologist, I can uh, implement the the, um, uh, the skills a lot as a scrum master. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm working for PBN, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, um, yeah. Are, are they a water provider or a cleaner more? Both actually, they okay. they use they have two products, which is the the water uh, cleaning, and they have the the nature, so the dunes around uh, yeah. the north of Holland, the province yeah. of the north of Holland. That's their product. It's a beautiful product to work nice. for. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and there I am, a scrum master, and I'm also now working uh, in the transformation team, uh, specifically focused on team development and coaching. Nice, nice. So I uh, suspect we'll be uh, going a bit deeper into those aspects later. Um, yeah. And uh, I just want to uh, tag on to the uh, treating your team as children bit uh, a little bit, because now I have a, a professional in front of me. But I'm um, uh, known to take the stance of, okay, uh, we should treat our teams like children, but treating your okay. teams like children does not mean what you think it means, because... Uh, we want to encourage our teams to grow, right? To improve. That's our role as Scrum Master. And it's also what we want children to do. And when we say normally, like, oh, you treat me like a child, we say it very negatively. Uh, and that's because we have a, a wrong and old and command and control style view of how you should treat, treat children, right? So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm sometimes using this to flip people's uh, mindset about this, like, okay, but how would you really, th- do you really think you should treat a child to make it, help it grow the best and learn the best? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And then it clicks, you know. <laughs> ah, that's very nice. Yeah, so you're relabeling the, the frame of, of being a child or the, like... You, you, Learning you, and growing, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if you're aware of the... Well, yeah, I want to dive in a little bit on the... Um, uh, psychoanalysis. You have the transactional analyze, which is a, a an approach to um, an inter um, uh, dynamics within you as a human being, and uh, it says you everyone has a child, a parent, and a adult in them, yeah. and they talk to each other. But we also uh, take a stance when we communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and the funny thing is that that's what you were referring to with the directive leadership style is that when you take a stance of an adult, the other person will automatically get into their child. Mm-hmm. And you'll see a lot of problems at work uh, happening in, in that um, interaction yeah. because the child will, will be resistant and will not want to, <laughs> yeah, only if I really trust you, yeah. if I really trust you as my guide, as my mentor, as my, and I really um, look up to you in that way. Mm-hmm. And I, um, then I will um, 
consider myself maybe as a child that wants to develop and learn from you, but it's often you haven't established that relationship yet yeah. uh, in a working environment because you jump into a next project and you just meet and you just go with the flow and you go. Um, so um, that's why I, w- I always reframe in the other way mm-hmm. uh, that I want to see each other as adults and also take responsibility uh, as adults. Yes, sure. Uh, in that sense, yeah. Yeah, there's of course a huge difference because uh, uh, children uh, in in terms of brain development uh, have less ability, uh, but it's good to take into account sometimes teams that you encounter in the wild also have uh, less ability to cope with stuff because they're just, have been so many changes. Maybe there's a reorganization looming above their head. So it's good, but it's also good to uh, be open and transparent about this because they are adults. They can understand about this stuff. So I think with teams, it's also good to tell them, okay, uh, I'm now going to make this decision for you or uh, do this suggestion instead of asking you for a solution because I know you're already swamped and you have a a little capacity for this extra stuff, right? But later we're going to do this together, right? And then you try to get them along and and not get into the, the negative mother or father role where you decide everything for the team because that's not what we want to do as a scrum master so but it's, it's really nice to, to think about it this way right and then uh, we, we could do the whole podcast on uh, on this topic maybe but on this topic yeah sure. the last thing i i can say about it is that exactly what you're pinpointing is that you want you need each other in the long run yes and you need each other's contribution in the long run so it is important that you acknowledge everyone's contribution and from an adult point of view yes yeah. Yeah. Yes, and try to empathize, of course. Uh, uh, and, and you can be wrong, because if you don't um, um, say why you are doing what you're doing, they never have the chance to correct you, right? Because you're you're wrong half of the time also, or more even. And I don't mean you are wrong, but we as Scrum Masters. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. We are also human. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, yeah. the fun thing. So, but what part about being a Scrum Master and, and uh, working at, at uh, PWN at, at this moment do you love the most? Well, what's the thing that you say to, uh, at this moment? This is what I like. This is really when I get up in the morning, you know, the, that kind of <laughs> feeling. Nah, I really love it when we have established that trust and mm-hmm. when we... Uh, when people feel um, really free to be vulnerable and to talk about their own learning curve and what they want to develop and what they find difficult. Um, and that doesn't have to be uh, like, a, I always say, a kumbaya session where we are. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. It can be very effective and structural like it it doesn't have to take hours to talk about it we can make it efficient but it's all about trust so it makes me very happy if if we have established that and that we can in 10 minutes just go through ah this is difficult okay how are we going to approach it uh okay this needs this and this from me and not it doesn't it takes something from you because we are used to tell other people Mm -hmm. what it needs from the other no what does it take from me And yeah, then you see energy flowing and then then the collaboration uh, goes. Yeah, and you can have constructive criticism and really improve stuff, right? And, and not be like, oh, but I don't want to step on anybody's toes. 
Yeah, that's a, that's such a good one. Constructive criticism, because we all say it mm-hmm. and we feel it is important and we have all kind of feedback uh, workshops. But constructive criticism really starts with trust. It, it starts with that you know the other person wants the best out of me. Mm-hmm. And that's such a sensitive feeling. Um, yeah, which I've... Personally, I find that often difficult to f- to receive feedback from and from my colleagues, and to feel that they mean it for the best of of the of of maybe our collaboration of the goal that we're going to, or is it because it's in their own advantage? It's um, yeah. So that's. Um, yeah, it's super, that's a super important thing to me. Yeah, that you really, really feel that, and not just say it as a as a as a construct. Yes, it's it should not be a trick, right? And that's often what happens when we, yeah. these, uh, especially when we get like this. Uh, a few years back, you had this book, uh, Radical Candor. So every manager said, "Well, no, I'm just going to be a dick because Radical Candor says it's good for productivity." And then okay. they, 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 yeah, this is like me uh, exaggerating, right? But so the yeah. concept of radical candor is, of course, just like the constructive criticism. It's like be honest so people can really um, have useful feedback and then improve, right? Um, and, and, and the idea is radical if you come from an American culture, I think. <laughs> <laughs> where yes. like you're not, not saying the truth because it might hurt your career uh, and this yeah. book was really radical in that sense yeah but you should really live it and you should have trust to be able to really do it so indeed the other person does not go uh doubt like oh is there a hidden agenda here or is this person just saying this because he thinks everybody should be like them or something like that mm-hmm. because sometimes you have that right you think oh that's nice advice but i'm not you so <laughs> yeah and there there oh that's another word you're using advice so there's also such a difference between giving someone advice or providing feedback it's such a different thing yes. um yeah yeah so um of course we also uh, want to have uh, this podcast to share knowledge and we're having a really nice discussion which people hopefully start to think about also but uh, to make it yeah. a bit more concrete um maybe on this uh, uh, the things we already discussed to go a bit deeper but also maybe something that you really think is important um you're a uh, professional coach so if uh, scrum masters or other people are listening working with scrum and they uh, think, oh, yeah, coaching, coaching. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I read, read something sometimes. And it's just asking questions, right? So what um, can you give an example, maybe from your own practice, where you thought, okay, this is really where being a good professional coach and having this knowledge helped me getting better results for the team? Um, and what advice could you give other people to also try to move in that direction? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, good coaching is about asking good questions. So we shouldn't make that a light thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Asking good questions is a skill and you can develop in that uh, a lot. Uh, um, on the other hand, coaching is more than just asking good questions. So I think that's where my uh, fascination goes with the Scrum framework, because I feel 
But that's person, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I feel that the Scrum framework offers exactly the same framework as a coaching framework because what Scrum does is um, starting from a backlog refinement, asking a lot of questions in the content, but also in the meaning. Why are we doing what we're doing? And that's what what coaching does. So you first uh, start with a focused question. Then you understand meaning. What does it mean to me? Um, And then you transform that into uh, options and possibilities uh, um, to to come to a resolution. Mm, Yeah, yeah. What excites me in my work is if I'm able to facilitate that, a process from from the question to the meaning to a resolution mm-hmm. and make it timely and make it like a commitment because people feel coaching is something soft and there's a lot of questions and a lot of talking but within an hour refinement for example which is not an event it's an activity um, for me it's an art to get a team towards commitment to towards Ah, so what are we now going to do? What's going to be the action? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's hard. That's very hard. It's just a hard output. Yeah, exactly. And that excites me. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of parallels, of course, to one-on-one coaching, to, to personal coaching or professional coaching or how you want to call it. Because you also mm-hmm. want to... Uh, people who want coaching want to change something in their life often, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't, as a coach... Uh, be the structure uh, to to get to okay so what experiment can we do for the next coaching session to see if this helps or is helpful helpful then also these people are, have only talked about it which is good i mean uh, the, 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 then it's maybe more it's part like of the process. Like talking to a psychologist or you know or or a, 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 a psychoanalyst which i've done yeah. <laughs> so I, I know this yeah. <laughs> this triangle also but um, yes. one thing that that bothered me after a while or bothered me which uh, was also the point where we we stopped basically was um that it was not his job to um um be my accountability buddy or something which i think is a good a good coach is both someone who helps you dive deep in what you want and what you could do but from your own Mm -hmm. possibilities right and only broadening your options helping broadening your Mm -hmm. options and then also for the next uh time you see each other be something of an accountability buddy like it's not the coach's job to make sure you do it but they will ask you for it. Like, have you done it? Mm-hmm. And, and if, if you struggle, they will also help you just like Scrum Master do with the teams. Okay, how can we make sure next sprint we don't forget about the retrospective actions that we thought were important, right? So sure. so, so that's, a, I think, a, a big um, difference also between a, a professional coach and someone who just asks coaching questions, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, I guess that's exactly what it makes professional. Um I think I'm also trying to tell a story about understanding how much layers of skills it needs to be a professional coach and to be a professional scrum master. Yes. Uh, And that there are parallels. Yes. Yes. And uh, I I totally see them, uh, even though this is a podcast. Uh, (laughs) You can see a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You just visualize. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Read read between the the airwaves. But um, I hope the listeners see it too. And um, uh, of course, this is not a topic to to get 
straight or or really uh, into the the total depth of it in half an hour talking. But uh, I really like mm-hmm. the way this is going. So so what concrete Me tip too. would you give a scrum master who says, okay, this sounds good. Uh, so so how do I uh, move towards a professional coach in my daily practice uh, um, without resorting to okay you have to take a course of a half a year and do mm-hmm. really uh, because you do have to do that Deep if you stuff. want to be a professional coach right but we also want like these small things that we can yeah sure no absolutely i think if if look i'm an idealist so if every uh, agile organization has one or two uh, qualified professional coaches in their scrum master pool or agile coaches pool then that's great because they can then um, lead the coaching uh, profession within the role of scrum masters uh, but not everyone has to walk that path and there are so many uh, different um aspects of the role of scrum master that you can also um deepen your role of, uh, in in yeah more technical aspects or so you're you're asking for a tip um like i just actually said be aware that you are a facilitator of the process so step back Try not to dive into the content of what the team is saying. Yeah, sometimes really hard. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Especially if you have a technical background or a contentual background. That I feel some, that, yeah, I feel it is my strength that I don't have. And my only challenge is when I start working with a team is to to understand their language. Because... I need to understand what they're talking about to understand patterns in where they want to go to. So I do need to understand their language and also to be a, a captain, like an, a face for the team sometimes, to management, I need to speak the language. But when I'm working with the team, I'm not focusing on their content. I'm focusing on how how they behave towards each other, how they communicate, and do they get the best out of each other? Do they ask constructive questions instead of rhetorical questions? Um, are they vulnerable about their own um, uh, yeah, challenges? Mm-hmm. And can they exchange that? And can they help each other? And Because then you get to meaning. You get to that level of meaning. What does it mean to me? And how can I contribute? Yes. If you establish that at the start, you have a constructive base to get a good outcome and yeah. to... to to get your sprint goals uh, met. So yeah, that would be my tip to to step back, only look at interactions. Uh, is it constructive? Is it safe? Uh, does the team get to a level of meaning? And can are they able to transform it into constructive goals? Mm-hmm. Often within a time frame of an hour. Yes. <laughs> yes, and this goes uh, for yeah. refinements, as you mentioned, but also re- retrospectives, right? We we often take just an hour for that, so we really have to yeah. uh, be skillful at guiding the team to uh, uh, a meaningful outcome in that hour. Um, yeah. yeah, and and you'll see me, for example, to add on this. Uh, so um, uh, teams often um, expect me to keep time in time boxes like uh, 10 minutes this 10 minutes that i have moved away from that a little bit like i also trust the process especially in the retrospective that as long as i keep an eye as a helicopter view on how this process goes so 
Is the team vulnerable? Is it safe? Towards, are they going to meaning? And are they making constructive goals? Even if it's one goal, yeah, sure. it's actually most important to have one goal. Mm. It's not 20, yeah. just one. Yeah. That's enough. And then, um, then the whole time boxing for me is less important as long as it happens within the overall time frame of an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so you, you will be, uh, uh, I think, mindful of, oh, we only have like 10, 15 minutes left. Are we moving towards that goal or should I nudge the team or remind them? Like, uh, it depends, of course, on the situation in the team. That's, that's good. So just let me... And I make them accountable. Yeah. So I say, listen, we, we have 10 more minutes. What do you want to do in these last 10 more minutes to reach the goal? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And let, let me just just um, put the spotlight on a, a, a thing you said. And I think that is uh, like a really strong tip. It's like not an advanced tip maybe, but it's cannot be mentioned enough like mm -hmm. get one good outcome of a retrospective or whatever session you have if you get one good outcome every session you have if it's a retrospective or refinement or your daily scrum of your teams then that's yeah. like really worth it um yeah but very often of course we fail at that and we just say okay we just the team needs to talk more so let them talk and then last five minutes we say oh quick quick what action are we going to take and then it's not really <laughs> yeah. right so um that's yeah. really important so i i think that's uh that's something e even i <laughs> still struggle with sometimes uh so yeah. uh, it's a good one to refresh <laughs> Now, and, I, and I really think even if you look, the ICF has now um, also included team coaching in their uh, portfolio. So uh, before they were pretty much focused on one-on-one -on -one coaching, but the process is the same. Yeah. The only thing is, is that when you are uh, guiding a team, then your, uh, the team is your client. So yeah. you have a whole dynamic mm -hmm. uh, to as a client. Yes, um and then you have to work with the dynamics yeah exactly um, yeah yeah and i can ex yeah. I, I expect there's a lot of more stuff to 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 explore because uh, i've had some chats also with um uh, jasper who's also a uh, certified team yeah. coach not icf but like uh, a, a no lock or whatever it is in the netherlands and we have steve okay. traps in, in scrum facilitators who's, who's icf uh, accredited of course uh, chi hong you managed mentioned him not in the podcast yet but you will soon uh, but he's also yeah. working on this and there's a lot of of yeah. other stuff like there's how do you uh, do contracting and i don't mean contracting of course with hiring a team but like uh, uh in your role as a coach and that's also very mm -hmm. interesting so yeah we already said a long while ago when we first chatted about you appearing in the podcast like oh there's so much to explore maybe we can kick something off so uh, there's, yeah, there's definitely true. more to explore for mm -hmm. today i think we have like some some for me, good insights already and some interesting different pathways uh, uh, to help people consider how, how they could be more coaching or uh, at least be more constructive in how they as a Scrum Master approach teams. Um, mm -hmm. And there's every podcast, there's something we do. And that's, uh, I hope you thought about it already. If not, then uh, I hope you have a, a good one off the cuff. Uh, <laughs> so there's also uh, yeah. this question, this chain question, like... Uh, we uh, have the previous guest provide a question and you get to answer oh, it. Oh, sure. To ask a new yeah, question. yeah, yeah. So we do that and then we close off and you can mention all the other cool stuff you're doing and we'll get to that. But first, this yeah. question. So this question, um, I almost didn't have it ready. 
<laughs> because we had to postpone sometimes, so it was changing all the time. True. Uh, um, yeah. Now I have it, and it's um, the uh, uh, question um, by uh, Gina Shoot. This is her question: um, mm-hmm. Is how do you know that you're doing the right thing? And what is the right thing? <laughs> let's, let's start with the first part. How do you know you're doing the right thing? Well, I think I want to t- just, you actually um, gave me a very nice um, leader to, to mm. in this question because you were just mentioning the contract phase, yes. the contracting phase, and um, that's essential. So yeah, in Agile, we are not focusing on contracts. So the word contract is maybe not so nice. Maybe agreement is better, but you can only do the right thing if you have established uh, a coaching culture on an agreement level. Uh, You need to understand the role-taking. Everyone in the room needs to understand the role-taking. Yeah, I think if I know that I'm doing the right thing when everyone is uh, in yeah, is settled in their role. So mm. the role of coach, the role of uh, coachee client and the role of um, um, a sponsor. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I know I do the right thing when that's established and I see people acting that way. Mm. And that, um, yeah, and of course it ends to results. So people are happy with their own achievements. Yeah. And they say that I have contributed to that some way <laughs> yeah. because I, you have to trust the process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned it before. So um, yeah. how do you know you're doing the right thing is when you've established a good contract and then if you see results and the right thing is uh, that you help people achieve results, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, very nice. And now, of course, you get to ask a question that the next guest has to answer. So, do you have like yeah. a, a question for the next guest? I'm always very interested in in childhood experiences and how that um, that how that drives you into the professional that you are now. So, I think my question would be. Um, yeah, what from your childhood has made you uh, the professional you are now? What drives you? Yeah, yeah. So that's a good question. I always immediately start thinking about these questions. Uh, I don't have to answer them. That's because I'm a host. And that's, that's you can, life. if I you can. want to. I, I won't right now. But there's actually a, a, a no. fun thing we're planning to do. I've teased it a couple of times before in, uh, in other podcast uh, episodes. Because we're planning to host a special podcast series with the uh, trainers uh, of uh, Scrum Facilitators and to ask all these yeah. questions with a, a random roulette wheel. So just 20 minutes. I'm going to do it with Steve Traps first. You still have to plan it, Steve. Sorry for uh, for cancelling a few times. Uh, but uh, um, And then we're just going to do like 20 minutes, spin the roulette wheel with all these questions that you... Uh, lovely people asked and then uh, ah, that's them. such a nice yeah. idea yeah let's see how, how much we can do in 20 minutes and then uh, uh, that's also a way to of course get to get to know more about us because in these podcasts we are asking questions and you you, you see a bit of us and in, in when we get enthusiastic about a topic and we add some stuff but yeah that's so, so much fun yeah we will do that so, so yeah. I'm, I'm really not going to answer it now um, no but we, we are going to round this off and um, yeah so I mentioned Chi Hong already, uh, also of Scrum Facilitators. Mm-hmm. 
And if people want to know more about you and learn more about you, there's a few things they can do. Of course, they can go on LinkedIn and we will provide your profile so they can connect, say hi and uh, see what you're up to. Um, yeah, but there's other lots of fun. Uh, possi- possibilities to connect with you, right? And learn from you. So uh, can, you, can you mention a few? Um, well, there's there are two uh, webinars uh, coming up. It's going to be the same webinar, but just on two different dates. Yes. So one is on the 2nd of November mm-hmm. and one is on the 7th of December. And it will be all about uh, ICF coaching within Scrum and to bridge the two worlds. And uh, I've done that before with uh, scrum.org. Yes. So it's also fun to Google uh uh, the hard questions around Scrum, and then you'll get the webinars uh, with Dave West and Leslie Morse uh, and with Scrum.org. Um, the two webinars uh, for the ICF Netherlands, uh, it's going to be co-facilitated with Chiong. Yeah. I had such lovely chats with him about coaching, and uh, we did some work together at, uh, at Schiphol before, and we worked with the definition of done a framework uh, and we coached the team towards the definition of done. It was wonderful. Yeah. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Um, so you can also connect there. It's more personal. I love to post a lot of art because I am creative and I paint uh, myself as well. And um, look, I'm not a super political debater on Facebook. I like to keep it uh you keep it artsy. Friendly and soft. <laughs> yeah, arty, friendly, soft, sometimes inspirational. And and uh, LinkedIn for me is really a professional network and uh, to, yeah, to explore more uh, on leadership, management and, and agile. I guess that's how people can connect. Cool. That's, uh, that's really nice. And uh, I, I look forward to uh, learning more from you. Uh, I will look into joining these webinars, of course, because that would be fun to see uh, yeah, Yvonne and you in, in a combination. Um, yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, again, I do think uh, there's more to explore. So I do want to extend the invitation to you to return on the podcast. Um, yeah. And if we uh, do it right, you will be the first one to do multiple podcasts. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh wonderful great i'm excited uh, yeah so and, yeah. and and we'll see you know uh because steve uh steve traps who's also an icf credit yeah. coach was also interested to join uh but you know uh, planning wise this was already hard to pull off so <laughs> no it is but look like i said we just persist <laughs> yes and we make and it we a goal and we and it and it happens yes. yeah at the end of the day you know uh, it's also an invitation the other way around because i really love to connect with people with the fascination for 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 coaching uh within scrum and how they um work with that and their challenges in it so it's also an invitation the other way around yeah sure so let's continue the uh, conversation uh and if people have any questions just approach you on linkedin uh, go to the webinars ask questions there and uh, uh we'll see if we can help right absolutely it all starts with the question thank you for listening to the scrum facilitators community podcast the place for real conversations around scrum Do you have a story to share in this podcast? Get in touch with us at podcast at scrumfacilitators.com.